everyone, and welcome to the Cruising for a Bruising podcast. This is going to be a podcast that covers all kinds of different topics in wrestling, where me and my co-host Jeffrey just shoot the shit on wrestling for about an hour. So my name is Nick Parsons. I've been a wrestling fan for a good while now, and joining me is my co-host Jeffrey Gardner. Yeah, so I've been a wrestling fan um, on and off for pretty much my entire life, uh, but I just came back to the wrestling world about a year, maybe not even a year ago, I guess, so I'm super stoked to be here, though. Yeah, we just kind of joined both about it right about the same time. We both joined back and started watching pretty frequently, and then we expanded from just WWE and went out to New Japan and Ring of Honor and all those other great promotions out there. So today, to start as our introduction to the podcast, we're going to go and we're going to take, we made a list of our top five favorite wrestlers in the current day, and we're going to just talk about them and give that list out. It's going to be tough. Um, <laughs> it was hard. I feel like I'm leaving know, out like, I'm like 20 different people it was hard. should be on here. But. When we sat here and we were talking about making the list last night for the podcast, we definitely argued, well, not really argued, but went back and forth between our picks for probably roughly about two hours. And then finally, we're just like, (laughs) okay, that's the cutoff. That's it. We can't do anything else. These are the ones we have to stick with because we and we considered extending it to top six, top 10, but just to keep it within the like parameters of an hour, we're just going to do five wrestlers and a lot of ours actually overlap so jeffrey Mm. if you want to give me your first wrestler yeah so um i'm gonna go ahead and start off with one that we have overlapping um and it's like probably he's like probably my number one right now um and super stereotypical i guess but i'm gonna say aj styles Um, yeah aj styles is definitely in my opinion the best wrestler in the world and that's all bias aside from him being from our home state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, Gainesville, Georgia represent. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, um, I know people who, like, know him, kind of. Like, in a, in a weird, like, 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 outside, like, kids play Little League with his kids or something kind of way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, he's posting about all his, all his kids being crazy sports stars at the age of, like, eight already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I just I just feel like on a list like this, I could not put AJ Styles on here. Because I totally agree, yeah. He's, he's just, like, ever since he's come into WWE, like, the day that he arrived, he was pretty much the best wrestler on the roster oh yeah i mean um, the, the pop that he had at the royal rumble was easily one of the best pops i've ever heard and if you know the best one of my favorite things to do is to go on uh youtube and just look up reactions to aj styles debuts and it's the greatest <laughs> thing because you will have yeah, people absolutely losing their mind over him but i mean it's all in like like it's deserved to him because he's Honestly, his entire career put on phenomenal matches, no pun intended. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you had an opportunity there. And yeah, you I mean, I mean, literally, <laughs> that was the first word that popped in my head. And so I had, I was just like, I'm just going to go with it. Just going to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, his, 
his title run with the WWE title. I mean, everything so far that he's done in the WWE, I think has been great. He isn't, he's really honestly yet to have a stinker match. Um, all his feuds have been pretty good. I'm excited for his upcoming feud with Kevin Owens. I mean, him and Kevin Owens fighting for the U S title has been super good and brought, in my opinion, it's brought the U S title back into prominence. Um, since I feel like it, I feel like it kind of dropped down a little bit since um, John Cena stopped doing when he got injured and stopped doing the open challenge because I feel like that really brought spotlight to a bunch of people like Sami Zayn and you know it just you knew that there was gonna be a good match whenever he called the U.S. Open Challenge. Yeah, definitely, and I agree. It almost seems like with the quick title changes, I was thinking about this the other day that they're almost trying to like get AJ Styles just a whole bunch of like title reigns to just get up his like WWE credibility because they're like we realize how amazing he is and like how over he is and we're just gonna keep him like pushed to the moon all the time pretty much yeah I mean literally he's I think he could honestly be the next like big face of the company even though he's not at the age necessarily where he could like really right. be the next face of the company because he's like i think the same age as john cena but i feel like yeah, he could like be 39 that... i think or 40 yeah, yeah yeah he literally could be that next big prominent role because he's so over with the fans because he does have incredible matches he's gotten so good at promos mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i mean there's just like i don't i think he's the most over like overall all around best guy on the wwe roster and honestly one of the best wrestlers in all of wrestling today yeah i agree and i mean he the only thing that's really left for him at the it's crazy that like he's only been in wwe like a year and a half but the only thing that's really left for him to accomplish there is to headline wrestlemania and you know i could totally see that coming up i mean like it's kind of fantasy booking ahead but the whole match next coming upcoming uh smackdown with Shinsuke and John Cena facing each other for the title. I mean, I could totally see them if they have faith in Shinsuke just putting pushing him to the moon and having him beat John Cena, having him take Jinder's title, and then I think that would be such a great program going into WrestleMania is between those two for the WWE title. Yeah. That would easily be a headliner match. Will WWE do it? I don't necessarily think they will because it's, you know, I feel like they take wrestlemania as a way to try and bring people back to the product like they'll try yeah. and like like with goldberg and lesnar last year it was like oh goldberg and lesnar fighting so people who saw that from you know wrestlemania 20 they're gonna say mm-hmm. oh yeah i saw that then maybe i want to see it now especially now that brock lesnar has gotten so much more credibility to his name since he did all his ufc stuff right and it's just like the whole like spectacle of it and it's like for like someone like Goldberg and Brock, it's like you're drawing in like people who may not even really be wrestling fans at all, and they just liked watching Brock in UFC, or they liked watching Goldberg when they were growing up on WCW or whatever. But with Shinsuke and AJ, it's like the total opposite thing. It's like you're just drawing in a different kind of wrestling fan to WWE, where it's like... These are people who love wrestling, but maybe not necessarily like Roman Reigns wrestling or like John Cena wrestling, you know. They want to see like Shinsuke and AJ Styles just put on like a 30, 40 minute 
like classic. Yeah, at basically a wrestling or whatever, clinic. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. I feel like there's so much they could do with Shinsuke and AJ Styles in such a big setting like that. Like if they gave them the big WrestleMania headline slot, I mean that's a good solid 30 minute match, and I feel like they could definitely do it. Oh yeah, me, I mean they me did too. it at the Tokyo Dome. I mean, if they can do it, I think yeah. the Tokyo Dome would translate like the Tokyo mm-hmm. Dome match would be translated perfectly into WWE, and especially it'd be something different as opposed to all these other guys who wrestle like, wrestle like I guess, the WWE style. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but one thing I really want to see with AJ Styles is I really want to see him as the Intercontinental t- Champion and just hold that for a while. Because I, like, I feel like he is kind of, when you think of the Intercontinental Championship, you think of a lot of like technical wrestlers. Like One of the first people that pops into my mind is Bret Hart. So yeah. I feel like you could just give him that title and him put on clinic after clinic of good technical wrestling because he can mm-hmm. do all the good technical wrestling stuff. And it's crazy cause he's doing better technical wrestling than half the people. And he's older than half the people doing all this crazy technical wrestling stuff. Right. And that's the thing. It's like they really could make, he's so good that I feel like he could just make any storyline or any belt or any feud work, you know, because it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, whoever he's feuding against at that time, he's going to bring into, like, a new level. Like, it's going to be, like, you know, when he was having, like, a feud with even, like, Dean Ambrose, who just had, like, like the stinker of a <laughs> intercontinental title run <laughs> and a stink, and he had a stinker of a world title run, too. So yeah, it's like... <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, I felt like they, they have faith in Dean Ambrose because he's, you know, so reliable as far as always working all the house shows. I mean, apparently I think I saw something that came out that he's worked over 300 shows or something like he's like one of the big house show guys. And he just, he puts a lot of work into it. And I think that was just them kind of like taking a chance and seeing how good of a title run he would have with the WWE title. And I mean, like, I think he was terrible. I thought he was not like fantastic, but I definitely thought he wasn't the worst champion there could have been. No, because the worst is probably Naomi <laughs> or gender. See, I don't know. I actually don't, I don't have know. A, I don't have a problem with gender too much. I mean, I think it's kind yeah. of I think it's kind of Gender's a good heel. Yeah. He's actually he's actually like really surprised me. He's a good heel, but something about the way he cuts promos and he always sounds like he's losing his voice really gets on my nerves. Oh yeah, are you talking about the other um, day the other night at Smackdown when he literally was losing his voice and like voice cracking every other word? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just it's feel like I wish they would push him as some like I get that they always go towards the like heel foreigner gimmick, but I don't know. I just don't feel like I feel like now that he's kind of had that for a minute, they should probably change it to not like cuz every time when he's like now I'm going to speak to my people in Punjabi, it's like <laughs> like yes. it's kind of boring, you know, cuz you know someone's going to interrupt him. You know, you know, it's like yeah. I feel like they would do, should do something a little different with him, which I guess they did with um, bringing in the great Kali, but they have yeah. no mention of him on SmackDown last week. So I don't know yeah. if they're planning on keeping him long term or like if that was a fluke one off or whatever that was. But yeah, I right. mean, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just, but I think we're getting a little sidetracked. So we should probably move on to the next guy. So yeah, basically, basically AJ Styles, fantastic wrestler. One of the reasons why both of us have him on our list. We always think he can put on a amazing match no matter what and that whenever you see him on a match for a card you have nothing to worry about i mean 
him and Shane stole the show at WrestleMania last year, and that was a match that exactly. nobody thought was going to be good. Yeah, that had no business on like an 11 or however long match card at WrestleMania this year. It's like five hours long or six hours long or whatever it was. It's like that had no business stealing the show. A match right, with exactly. Shane McMahon in it, and it did still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was one. It was the best show, the best, and the best match of the night. So, but I just think that that's a perfect example as to why he is one of our favorite wrestlers and why he should be looked at as one of the most amazing wrestlers of all time. And he's obviously going to go into like every hall of fame. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on to our next guy, our next guy is none other than the demon King himself, Finn Balor. Definitely. Um, What do you have to say about your reason for including Finn Balor, Jeffrey? Well, since I'm, like, since I'm relatively new, um, I didn't start back watching WWE until after um, Finn Balor had already been called up to the main roster and got his initial push. So, so when I started watching, he was hurt. But I was like, I always saw like clips and highlights of him, and always thought he just looked like this insanely cool character, especially with all the demon king type stuff that he was doing like i don't know just it's like a really cool look and a really cool character and so when he finally came back um i was just like so excited to finally actually watch him in regular action like on tv every week and everything and like they haven't really i mean they haven't really done a whole lot with him but even so it's like he's he's just so good in the ring. Like he's got other than like Okada, he's got probably the best looking drop kick in wrestling right now to me. Oh yeah, I mean that missile drop and, kick um, whenever he's about to go in to do like when he kicks him into the when he uh, drop kicks him into the corner is it always looks like it absolutely kills. Yeah, that one and he he does it outside the ring sometimes like into the barricade. That looks really amazing too. And then just like I mean he's got like maybe my favorite finisher in wrestling right now. Like, definitely top two or three. Yeah, the coup de gras. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he really sells the double stomp as a really good finisher. Yeah. I mean, it's super protected, and that definitely helps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, coming from me, knowing that, he like, watching some of his NXT stuff and all the title reigns he had or like the title reign he had and how you know he was like the face of nxt that really besides the whole demon king like the demon king is what got me into him at first was watching him do those like entrances and being kane being my favorite wrestler back in the you know back when i was younger Mm -hmm. i really like the spooky gimmicks and so you know that was really cool to see him like that i was like oh who's this guy and then you know you research him more and you realize that that's like his other side and then he's got this other side that's like the cool guy who's just a really good wrestler and then you know this was all before I got into the whole new japan stuff and now you know finding out that he started bullet club and that's probably my favorite thing in wrestling right now is the bullet club just because of how just i guess meta it is it just knows it's it's aware of the campiness of wrestling but they still put right. on fantastic matches and the fact that he started that up and kind of, you know, brought that to fruition was 
that blew my mind too. And that was a whole nother reason why after I got more into new Japan that I just went and started searching all of his matches and watching him in the best of the super juniors when he won it. And just kind of seeing him be this crazy, I guess, I guess, yeah. A foreign heel gimmick. Like we were talking about earlier with gender, but I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. they just took such a big different spin on it because they haven't ever, they hadn't ever done anything like that in new Japan before. So I feel like him doing that and then coming to WWE, establishing a name as Prince Devitt over in um, New Japan, really brought his, you know, brought his stakes up to more to where he was like a must have person for WWE. And then them pushing him to the moon once he got into NXT, you know, he won that the tag classic with uh, Samoa Joe and then him being the, the NXT champion for so long. And, you know, they were just they've really shown that they really truly believe that he can be a huge big guy. And I mean, if you look at like their backpacks and things like that, that you see in the store, you always see, you know, demon King Balor on it. So they're definitely getting behind him. Yeah. And he's another one of those guys, you know, obviously him and AJ both have a common denominator of that. They were both in the bullet club as the leaders. Um, AJ being number two and Finn being number one. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, when the, when WWE picks the guys from New Japan, I mean, they just pick a very similar style of guys that know that they can work a good match every single time. Yeah, and I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like been killing everybody, I feel like, to try to, like, see AJ and Finn in the ring together since, like, AJ got to WWE. But Oh, yeah, I mean, that that along with, you know, We'll get to him later, but a triple threat with the people that, that with Finn, AJ, and the guy that's next on our list definitely would be my all time dream match. If I saw this, I would be completely satisfied. And yeah. I don't know, like, this match would make it for me, which, I mean, it might, you know, me being the big Bullet Club fangirl that I am, it <laughs> might make it to where, you know, that's why I want to see it. But I just think they're three of the best workers, period. Yeah, um, definitely. Me but too. I guess, but I guess now that we've uh, well, let's cover a couple more things about Finn Balor. His match with Seth Rollins, where he dislocated his shoulder at SummerSlam, was one of the best matches I've seen. The fact that he finished the match after dislocating his shoulder is crazy. And then that yeah. WWE 24 thing that they had on him. I mean, I I feel like they have made him such a good baby face. But oh I, yeah, definitely. But then That's, you still see that he can work and be one of the best heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting because like a lot of those Bullet Club guys are like kind of natural heels, but with like AJ and Finn both, it's like the way that they just like the way they work in the ring, and especially like you said with Finn, like doing the WWE Twenty Four thing and stuff like that and coming back from the injury and everything, it's like you can't help but cheer for them, you know, because yeah. it's just they're they're too good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, like, they're all, you know, Bullet Club is pushed as a heel group, but, I mean, they've said time and time again that they, like, when people say, oh, aren't you supposed to be a heel? They're like, no. Like, it's, I feel yeah. like it's a lot of, they do like very by the book heelish tactics, but it's so over with the fans that, I mean, it doesn't matter. 
that it's a heel right. thing. They're still going to get cheered for him. And especially because, you know, Finn and AJ do, you know, a more high fly well, not really necessarily high flying, but they do like a technical wrestling kind of thing. So they all kind of have a similar style of wrestling that right. automatically attracts the cheers from fans. Definitely. All right, All right, so, so um, now moving on to our third guy. Our third guy, if you couldn't have guessed earlier from the hints we were dropping, is um, Kenny Omega, which, in my opinion, Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler in the world right now. His feud with Okada is possibly one of the best storylines I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. Yep. It's I, like... I'm more invested in it than... I love... Like, don't get me wrong. I love WWE. I regularly watch WWE a lot more than I watch the New Japan stuff just because you have to go a lot out of your way to watch it with the, you know, the time difference and the um, network. But I I have no doubts that whenever the payoff for Omega and Okada happens, I will be so satisfied. And I don't think I've cheered for a wrestler harder than I have for Kenny Omega. I feel like he should be pushed to the moon, but the way that they're doing this is showing the ultimate fight for the title, and they're bringing so much prestige to the IWGP Heavyweight Championship that once he finally gets it, if he finally gets it, I feel like that's just the best way to end it would be him finally getting it. But I feel like him getting it would just... I would just... That would floor me, especially if they did it in the year timeline, like at his upcoming match with... um, Okada during the G1 if he beats him and it shows that he can beat him then I just feel like it's going to push so much into him into the G1 and then them headlining Wrestle Kingdom for a second year in a row that'd be it for me I feel like that'd be perfect and I would love that and I mean you know he's just he's so good at his wrestling style like you know the one wing angel is the most one of the most protected finishers in all of wrestling and every time i see someone about to get it i get so i mark out so hard on it <laughs> yeah same and it's like when when we were watching that um that dominion match between him and okada together like when he hit that one wing angel you and i both were just like freaking Losing out it. yeah we were yeah. like going absolutely insane <laughs> Because I finally thought he was going to win it, and that's exactly what I wanted. But now that I've seen it from that they let time run out, I just, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, it was like the impossible task of trying to top one of the best matches ever. Right. And And they somehow did. Right. I mean, it's a very, Mm. like, you know, like, not very... I don't know, very divisive or div- whatever the word is. I'm having a brain <laughs> divisive. Fart. Yeah, divisive, that word. <laughs> um, it's a very like divisive stance to have th- that, you know, which match you think is better. Obviously, you know, me and yeah. you talking, we both think that the second match was better, but I mean, it's just so much storytelling was in that second match. Like the first match was just a straight wrestling yeah. clinic. It was amazing. And the second one was just beautiful storytelling. Like, you know, when he went for that one Rainmaker and Omega passed out, just, like, fell over, Dude. and that's how he missed it, that was probably my favorite spot of the whole year. Yeah, I was going to say the same. That was one of my favorite spots of the year for sure. I I don't remember if it was on a Raw or something recently, but WWE just did a similar spot with Matt Hardy. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a genius yeah. spot. Like, I, I, I mean, yeah. I've. I haven't seen every single wrestling match in the world, but like I haven't seen that happen before or that I can remember. And I yeah. just thought it was the best way for the storyline. Like that had such dramatic peaks and valleys the entire way that I just felt like it was just so good. Yeah. It, it was just like, it was like a perfect match and it was just like getting to that end, you know, it was kind of like, well, of course that's what they're doing. But like at the same time, it was Going in, it's not what you were expecting at all. Like, in retrospect, it makes perfect sense. Because, like you said, it seems like they're doing this, like, full, over-a-year-long, like, just amazing booking of how to, like, finally put the belt on Kenny. Um, But it's just, like, the way that they've done it, having him, like, get, like, a little closer... And then, like you said, maybe in the G1, Kenny beats him, but not for the title. So then you, like, he gets over the hump of, like, he can beat Okada, but then they can still do, you know, can he beat him when it matters or whatever. Right, exactly. Have him on the big stage try and win it again. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, that progression that you see Kenny, like, slowly making, getting closer to beating Okada, who they're basically selling as untouchable. Right. right now. But what I do love about that they're doing with the Okada storyline is that they're making him look more and more tired every match. Like they're making him look like he's just getting beat down every single match. Yeah. Because I mean, he's been defending it for so long, like he's getting beat down a ton every single match, and so I feel like he's just wearing it away at him and wearing it away at him and then Kenny Omega's just getting stronger and stronger and getting more confidence in himself, so that's why you know, I feel like at, if they do it at Wrestle Kingdom this year, it's going to be a big, big match where I hope Kenny Omega wins it because, I mean, he would just be an amazing IWGP champion. He easily could be the face of the company because he's brought so much attention to it. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's, like, solely responsible for it necessarily, but I feel like he has been a big part as to why New Japan has gotten so over in America and why there's been such a demand to see them. I, I would see... I would probably say them and or him and the Young Bucks would be a huge reason why not to stay on the, you know, Bullet Club bandwagon. I mean, but also, you know, Okada, Tanahashi, all of them have got such great matches. So I just feel like it's not fair to just yeah. give it to Kenny, but I feel like that's a huge reason why he's made such an impact in the re- in the wrestling world today is just because he's having good match after good match. I mean, he's had the six and six star and six and a half star match. So I feel like he's just kind of killing it as far as right. everything and he's just going to get more and more popular. So when he does get signed to WWE in whenever that happens, may it be next year, two years, however long it takes, he's going to be a huge star. Absolutely. That's the thing is like he, you know, like you were saying, it's like, it's nothing against all those huge Japanese stars like Okada and Kota Ibushi and, like, Tanahashi's and all those kind of people. But, like, you know, it's just, like, if you, want, if you want to tap into, like, the U.S. market, like New Japan is trying to do now, then you need, like, huge stars who have, like, personalities that people from the U.S. will get and, like, people who speak English, you know, obviously. Um, so, like, Kenny, like, is 100% 
that person for them. And, like, they have other people, like, that are supporting him, like, all the Bullet Club folks, like, with Cody, like, doing, like, so well right now on Ring of Honor. And, like you said, the the Young Bucks and people like that. But, like, Kenny is, like, he has, like, a Attitude Era WWE-level character and personality. And that's why, like you were saying, like, it, he's it, like people already know his character, like big wrestling fans anyway. So it's going to be like the AJ Styles thing where if and when he finally shows up in WWE, it's just going to be like everybody knows who he is day one. And they're just super excited to see him like do his thing because he's like he's just like, you know, put putting like people know Kenny Omega that don't know New Japan. You know, that's what I'm saying. Right, exactly. All right, Jeffrey, so would you like to tell us okay. about your first pick that we don't have in common? Yeah, so um, my first one that we don't have in common, I'm going to go ahead and dip into the NXT pool a little bit. Um so I admittedly like when I when I started back watching WWE, um, I wasn't watching NXT most of the time. I would just watch an episode here and there. And um, lately, I've yeah, been... that's kind of that's currently what I do. Is I'll I yeah. usually like, if I hear a good match was on it, or if I hear two yeah. guys wrestle that I wanted to see, then I'll watch it. But yeah, I I, I hate to say it, but I don't sit there and every week watch NXT. Mm-hmm. And I've I've gotten lately over the past like three or four weeks or so, I've gotten to where I'm trying to stay caught up on it and watch it at, you know, I mean, I won't watch it live probably, but, you know, I'll watch it at some point before the next episode comes on. And part of that is just like being down in Florida now. I know I'm going to go to a bunch of the live events and I want, I want the storylines to make sense. So... <laughs> Like, like if right, I, you don't want to just go and watch a bunch of matches. You want to be fully invested in everything and kind of have a good idea of who's feuding with who, who's got what yeah. title, and kind of who's doing what in the whole, the whole um, NXT. Yeah, exactly. And there's like a lot of, there's a lot of really good people in NXT right now. But my hands down favorite person in NXT has to be Roderick Strong. Um, I totally get that. Even though I'm not super duper familiar with a bunch of Rod Roderick Strong, mm-hmm. I love his finisher. His finisher yeah. is absolutely my favorite so cool. finisher. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's just like, like I love like like fancy like backbreakers and things like that as it is. And his is just like one, he does like twenty different backbreakers. And two, his finisher is like the coolest backbreaker of anyone on like in wrestling like just not yeah even it's, WWE. it's literally it's literally like cedric alexander's um lumbar check but just so like i've seen him literally just go to suplex i mean he just like flings him up in the air yeah. and just land right on his <laughs> knees it, it's insane yeah literally every single time it looks like it kills yeah it's just crazy how um like how strong I don't, I don't know, like, how, you know, like, relatively speaking, you don't really know how strong a lot of people are, but the way everyone sells it, though, it makes him look like he's a freaking monster because he just like, he just flips them up in the air and <laughs> gets underneath them in, like, two seconds. Um, but it's, like I, like, I love his finisher. I love, like, 
just him in the ring in general. And then I think they've done a really good job uh, lately, uh, like probably a couple months ago, I guess it was now, they did like a whole set of promos where it was like talking about like his life growing up and everything. And it was all like leading up to him getting a title shot against Bobby Roode, um, which obviously he didn't win. But like those promos just really got him like crazy over. Like he's oh, like yeah. yeah, like he's they just up make him there. look like the ultimate baby face. Yeah, exactly. I mean that that's that's what he is right now, really. And like I feel like he's probably well I, well, I won't say probably will be, but I'll say should be the next NXT champion, in my opinion. But I I think I feel like they there's a couple like, guys that could really take that to be honest. Yeah, and they got you know, like I feel like he's got a good he's got a good chance, but I also feel you know Alistair Black's been killing it. If he doesn't get pulled up for 205 Live, which I I don't really necessarily know if they need to do that because I feel like right. pulling people up to 205 Live unfortunately is like <laughs> it's like a death automatic. Sentence. Yeah. yeah, it's like a death <laughs> sentence. They automatically don't. They're, it's automatically kind of known they're not really gonna do. I mean, there's been a good few matches that have been pretty good since the Cruiserweight Classic, but nothing comes close to any of the matches in cruiser in the Cruiserweight Classic. And which is really unfortunate, but because you know, I think an Alistair Black and Neville feud would be awesome. And the reason why I say that also is because I think they've been doing that on the live shows, if I'm not mistaken. I think they had a triple threat that was Alistair Black, Neville, and Austin Aries at one point, or if it was advertised or something. Yeah. I read it. I read it somewhere that they were the three of them were going for like the cruiserweight title, and that would be awesome. I feel like he would be a legitimate guy. If the 205 Live division wasn't as, you know, as not really looked at as that serious as it is, I feel like he would be the guy to take the Cruiserweight title from Neville. But, yeah. again, that's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a side note, but right, back but. to Roderick Strong. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think he's a fantastic wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. I think, what was it, the, one of the last takeovers, um, I want to say it was the one that had Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate on it. Uh, um, I think it was where he fought wasn't it Eric him? Young. Yeah, it was like all it was like him, Ty Dillinger right before he got called up. So obviously it was a while ago. Um, it might have been the one right before the Royal Rumble, if I'm not they, mistaken. They did the um like the six man tag one, and then the the Takeover Chicago, which was the one before Backlash. They um Roderick Strong took on Eric Young. Uh, just okay. one, just one on one, and like all of sanity obviously interfered, and Roddy right. Roddy won. So he was he was like the first person that I remember seeing that that beat them, that beat Eric Young or any of them when when all the others were interfering. Um, right. Yeah, so I think the deal. match that I'm referencing to was the one where it was all of sanity versus Chris Hero, Roderick Strong, Ty Dillinger, and I think it was Ruby Riot. Yeah, I think so. Like the four yeah. of them versus all of Sanity, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought I th- that was a That was probably super like the Royal match. Rumble or maybe Orlando, like before Mania. I don't know. One of those. I think it, w- I think it was before the Royal Rumble because Ty Dillinger hadn't been brought up yet. And I know it took him a, a little while longer to be brought up after he did the Royal Rumble appearance. Yeah. So it might have been the Backlash one, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But, I mean, I remember that match being fantastic. Yeah. 
and that's the thing is like I just I enjoy watching all of his matches. And fun fact about uh, Roderick Strong too is he actually is under two hundred five also. So. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I I just learned that the other day. I was looking at something about him, and someone, you know, I was trying to figure out who the hell is gonna beat Neville, and someone was like, "Well, Roderick Strong weighs two hundred pounds." So wow, yeah, he's only five yeah, eleven, I think. Man, and it's crazy because yeah. you know that's like not that's not a small size, like five eleven, yeah. two hundred pounds. <laughs> that's pretty pretty big. Yeah, but for WWE, I mean, that's like a. You know, I mean, that's a cruiserweight. <laughs> yeah, it's like a small guy, which is insane because, like, you get these big guys, like, I don't know, like, Sheamus is huge. Yeah. Jinder Mahal is huge. And then you have these guys like Roderick Strong, who 5'11", 200 pounds, that sounds like a pretty big, you know, lifted, like, pretty built guy. Yeah. And But compared to the giants of the main <laughs> roster, it's not, like, anything like that. Yeah. But... But yeah, I mean, he could definitely be a good. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if Two Hundred Five Live was a little more serious and they treated it like it was for the Cruiserweight Classic, which I don't know if that's because they do it after SmackDown and it's the tired audience. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's one thing. But I just know all those guys could put on such great matches from watching the Cruiserweight Classic. I just feel like there's so much more that they could do. Right, and that's that they the just thing. Aren't. Is it's like, you know, part of me is like, man, I would kill to see Roderick Strong and Neville fight like two or three times. But at the same time, I don't want Roderick Strong to get pigeonholed into that whenever he goes to the main roster, you know? Like, right, I don't, exactly. I, I don't want any of the cruiserweights to be pigeonholed, you know? Like, I want to see Neville, like, have matches with, like, other... I mean, he doesn't have to go out and have a match with the big show. Like, you don't have to try to sell me on that. But, like... Right. You know, just have him go out there and have amazing matches with guys like AJ Styles and Sami Zayn or like, you know, any of those guys because like obviously obviously he and Sami Zayn already did in NXT, but it's like but it's like, you know, have him like have those types of matches and not just be like kept in like the cruiserweight like corner or whatever. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, uh, it's just such a hard topic because I feel like, I feel like I get the idea of them all just fighting within the two hundred five division, but it could just it could be so much better than it is. Like their matches are just boring. They're not anything different than the normal roster. It's just smaller guys, which I don't exactly. know. I just don't feel like I just don't feel like that appeals as much when it's just smaller guys doing the same thing as the big guys. Exactly. There has to be something to make it unique. Right, like it should be hard-hitting, fast-paced, like high-flying at times, super technical. Like I feel like that's what it should be. Right. But anyways, we should uh, probably, uh, if you want to go ahead with your next person, because I really don't even remember... Who else was on your list? Hardly anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually like a surprise. All right. So we'll stick with the my last WWE guy before we go into my my last guy. Um, so my next guy is Xavier Woods. 
Speaking right. of a 205 division, I feel like he would be a perfect addition to the 205 division and another guy who could possibly take away the title from Neville because he's just so solid in the ring. Like he, I love watching him. Whenever I see it's going to be him wrestling for the New Day, I am so excited because I feel like he could do so much as a singles competitor. I feel like the whole New Day in general could do so much as yeah. just singles competitors. Like have them not split up and just each one pursue a different title and them just like support each other for that title. And I feel like that'd make for great television, especially if, you know, a couple or all of them won the titles. Right. Like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, Biggie needs the universal title or Kofi needs the intercontinental. But I mean, like if you could get something like that, I mean, I think that would be genius and I think it would be, it would work so great. Yeah. And you know, they've, especially Kofi, uh, he's won a lot of championships in his day <laughs> like yeah i mean he's like I didn't super realize tenured that until the other day he's got a lot of intercontinental belts or at least like a handful and he's got tag belts that weren't with the new day too so right exactly but yeah i just feel like i don't know i feel like xavier woods is like the brain behind the new day i mean they're all genius i yeah. think they're all great with the new day and they have such good segments but i feel like he's such a great you know he's he's great on the mic they always have funny things to say. Like I said, he's, in my opinion, the most underrated wrestler on the entire roster. I feel like he could have such amazing matches. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's a great dude. Met him in person at Dragon Con last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. Oh, he's so he's so nice. Me and him uh, shared bootios. <laughs> so I got to say that's a huge accomplishment of mine now. <laughs> Going on the resume, uh, was, shared bootios with say, Xavier Woods resume. of the New Day. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's just, and you know he's, I mean he's built. He's got the he's got the build of a good. Yeah. I mean, I could I could be sold that he could do all kinds of crazy stuff, and you know like him now doing that new crazy finisher where he does the walking on the tightrope and then basically the Shane McMahon coast to coast. I mean. Yeah, I mean, that elbow he, drop He just is, gets better. It's pretty damn cool. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not even a huge fan of the elbow drop, and that's easily one of my favorite finishers right now, especially that one spot at uh, Battleground where the the Uso just... I'm I'm so bad. I have no idea which one is which, which Uso is which. Like, I don't Jimmy either. Jimmy J, like, I, I'm so bad at picking between which one is which. I don't either. I just know that one has stupider hair than the other one. Like, <laughs> like one has but stupid just, hair, one doesn't. <laughs> but just watching him just get super kicked out of his shoes was just insane. Yeah. And that was... But that was, like, just easily one of my favorite spots. And then, you know, he does, like, that... Like, the front flip Hadouken, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, something like that. It's it's sick. Like, every, he's just so good. I feel like he's so underrated, and he could do so well on his own. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then, I, I love that final spot in that match, the um the Trouble in Paradise into the the diving elbow drop off the top rope, um, because to me that's that's a way cooler finisher than a midnight hour. Yeah, I totally agree, and I just think that they, I don't know, like, they have so much potential as singles competitors, even though they are so great as a tag team. I feel like they're just money for WWE no matter what. Yeah. Like, you can, like, and then, you know, him connecting to the video game audience with Up, Up, Down, Down, and, you know, he's just, he's everywhere. 
He's a super hardworking guy. He's, I mean, he gives some of the, my favorite interviews in WWE, like from mm-hmm. anywhere. And he's like, <laughs> he's a WWE guy who just, they play video games and he just talks to them about stuff. Right. Yeah. Those videos are cool. I, I didn't watch any of them for a while, but over the last like couple months, I've watched a few of them. And like it's cool to see. Like I know a lot of like wrestlers are big gamers too, which I guess like you got to find something to do when you're on a bus like 24/7. Um, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, he's just he's. I just feel like he's such a great all around, just everything. I think he's a good wrestler, good, good company guy. I just feel like the New Day is such a good asset to the WWE, and I, I just feel like. He should be pushed to the moon forever. I feel like he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. And also another local Georgia boy. <laughs> Is Xavier Woods from Georgia? I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he went to um, Sprayberry High School over in Marietta. Him and uh, there's actually this really funny Talk Is Jericho podcast where him and Cody Rhodes had a like amateur wrestling feud where they would wrestle each other. Cause they went to rival high schools and they would just, and they had like this big, like it's really, in, it's like really entertaining to listen to. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I, Xavier is just fantastic. And yep. So next, uh, next person on your list, Jeffrey. All right. So I, um, I, I was trying to think about, um, if there would be, you know, people outside of, the box, I guess. Cause when I was like thinking about my favorite ones immediately, like the first three people were who I thought of. And then I kind of dipped into NXT with Roddy. Um, and so with my fifth one, I, um, have one woman on my top five and for, there we go. Keep it nice and diverse. Exactly. And for me, it's Alexa bliss. I think she's like, at least, yeah, I realize like Charlotte's the best like in ring worker, um, as far as the women's division goes, um, in in WWE, like most of my you know if I'm not watching WWE, it's New Japan and they don't have women. So I'm as far as women go, I'm right. pretty much just talking about WWE. Um, so. right, and I mean we might that of course that might change with us with the uh, May Young Classic coming up here shortly. Right. Uh, exactly. Like that's going to be a good introduction to a lot of people that I haven't seen before. So, but like for, right. And I feel like, I feel like WWE's gotten really good at doing that. They've, you know, they brought the UK talent in, they brought in all the cruiserweights. So they're bringing a bunch of people that know are really good wrestlers that they feel like the rest of the world should know about. Yeah. It's kind of like for WWE, it's like a, they, it's a really a win-win for them because, like, they get a big, like, multi-episode special. And then as far as, like, all the people who aren't normally on their, like, program go, it's like you're basically throwing 32 darts at a wall. And if two or three of them stick, then you have two or three new stars in your women's division right, exactly. or whatever. So, but for me, it's like, like, ever since I started back watching... Um, I guess at first it was probably just because of like her look being like basically like a, her old look anyway, being like a Harley Quinn ripoff 
yeah. type thing. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard that kind of being the like unanimous decision on a lot of people thinking her old gimmick was like yeah. just a Harley Quinn ripoff. It's like it but you know, it caught your eye, so it worked, I guess. Um Right, exactly. And so, you know, that was like the first thing I noticed when I whenever I watched like my first Alexa Bliss match was um was I was just like, well, who's that like tiny person who looks like Harley Quinn? Um, yeah, exactly. And you know, her look kind of jumps out, and you're like, oh, well, you know, she's. I feel like she doesn't really look like a ton of the other women on the roster. She's really tiny. Yeah. Um, I feel like she. And then once you get drawn into a match, you see how good of a re- like you know her her facial expressions, her personality, really like her character shines through her wrestling like she might not be the best technical wrestler but combine that with how good her personality is and how good her gimmick is and how just good she's been getting i mean she was handed the most stinker segment of the entire year yeah. at least one of the most stinker segments the, with the the, bailey this is this your is life, your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i already knew what you're talking was, about without even like <laughs> yeah i mean that was honestly a huge stinker and she <laughs> like she admitted it next the next week on raw and i mean like Everyone could tell it was a, like, it was just super cringy, but she sold it better than ninety percent of that roster would do. Ninety percent of the women on the roster would do. Yeah, I feel like she, like she's got such a good personality and a good gimmick, and she's so good at promos that, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people haven't forgot about it, but I feel like a lot of people have just kind of like, oh, you know, it is what it is. It was just a stinker. It's not like holding her back or anything. I mean, she's still, you know killing it Mm. raw women's champion yeah exactly it's like like for me it was like um when she first started having her feud with becky lynch and she got the title shot like going into tlc um i was like i was really rooting for alexa to win that match but i just assumed that there was no way she was gonna win it just because I don't know, like Becky was the first women's champion, so I figured they would right, and she's super popular too. Yeah, like a lot of people really like Becky Lynch, and Alexa was relatively like she was, like her push had only just begun then. So, but like I thought she cut like amazing promos against Becky, like leading up to that match, and that's what made me like her so much. So then when she won and became the SmackDown women's champion, it just, like, took her whole... It took her promo game to, like, outer space, like, <laughs> like through the roof, because, like, she's, like... I, by, I, like, a really large margin, in my opinion, the best talker on, on the women's, like, roster for anywhere on WWE, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, whatever... Um, and right exactly she's kind of i feel like she's very deserving as to where she is on the roster as the head woman on raw yeah and honestly in my opinion she definitely i mean she is definitely i think if not the best one of the best women on the divi- like in the entire division and it makes me so excited for when you know a lot of these women from the may young classic like candace LeRae, come up and get this big push yeah because, you know, I feel like she's going to be really big and popular. Because she's already in NXT, but I feel like she's going to be super big and popular once they bring her up to the main roster. Right. And it's like, you know, I think, like like I said, like, her promos and everything were what got me like liking Alexa so much. But 
she also has just her in ring stuff has come a long way too. Like she has like that really like that really stiff looking right hand she throws sometimes. And then uh right. like the whole like the insult to injury and twisted bliss. She's got some like cool little moves, even though she's not like a Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch type wrestler like i mean even the tiny things she does like when she does the arm dislocation like i t- completely yeah. forgot she had done that on <laughs> smackdown and then she did it when uh, i forget she did what at the pay-per-view last yeah at uh, great balls of fire that, yeah great balls of fire yeah and she squashed Bailey. yeah i mean it's <laughs> no, insane no, wait, like that, that was that, extreme that, rules right that she squashed bailey yeah with the kendo stick on a yeah, pole yeah, match yeah. oh yeah that speaking of stinkers that was oh, just man. like I feel so bad for all that they've been doing with Bailey lately. I feel like she's like as Alexa's getting pushed up, Bailey's just looking worse and worse, yeah. which it sucks because she's well now you they're know. now they're putting her right back in the title picture. So right, yeah. So you just got to see how you know. I feel like they need to redeem her a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, she needed some rehab after that. I, you know, like Alexa winning the title at Payback, I liked, but Bailey getting yeah. freaking squashed at extreme rules i was like what is happening to bailey yeah like no one benefited out of that (laughs) yeah like just you know i just that was not what i expected at all going in right exactly but yeah i definitely agree with you that alexa is a fantastic wrestler and i feel like she's going to be a asset to the women's roster for sure for a good while for sure yeah all right so i'm gonna go ahead and give my last person uh, my last person is none other than the villain, Marty Skrull. I feel like Marty Skrull has had such a fantastic year this year with being in the best of the Super Juniors, replacing Adam Cole in the Bullet Club. At first, I was a little sketchy about it because I really like Adam Cole in the Bullet Club. But the more and more, I just, I'm sold on Marty. I love his finisher. I've listened to a million interviews with him. I just love I think he he might definitely be my one of my favorite wrestlers right now, if not is my favorite wrestler because I just love watching all of his matches. He got a mo- he got the chicken wing over again, yeah. like <laughs> he gets a chicken wing over and breaking someone's finger <laughs> over. Oh my gosh, the breaking the, <laughs> the someone's finger. finger is probably one of my favorite things because it's just so it's so campy Man. and it's so but it's so WWE or not WWE just wrestling like it's yeah. so campy wrestling and i love it mm-hmm. but like between that i mean i don't know if you watched it but when he replaced adam cole in the bullet club he gave him the like biggest umbrella hit i've ever seen <laughs> he literally like full on like almost like took his head off like a baseball bat no, I haven't seen it. I've 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 seen oh, very man. little of Marty Skrull, but what little I have seen, he's he's amazing. Like I mean, it's just his gimmick, his character. Yeah. He get he's super over. And he's like, got an the umbrella over. that he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just he's got such a cool look to him. Um like I said, the chicken wing has become one of my favorite finishers because it's so funny when he just yells like chicken wing <laughs> when he's about to do it. I mean, I love his entrance. His entrance song is my favorite entrance song probably ever because it's just so cool. Um, it's got, and you know, he's got like the whole, like everyone does like the whoop whoop yeah. thing with him. 
It makes every and, time they uh, do that, I'm like the insane clown posse's about to come out. <laughs> I know it's. I feel like Marty Skrull has made it okay to go whoop whoop in public. <laughs> I mean, if he went to like Juggalo Championship Wrestling, he would like kill it because they would just be like whoop whoop yeah. whoop whoop the whole time. <laughs> They need to get him to headline uh, the Gathering of the Juggalos next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. He would be, like, the top guy on the, the Juggalo yeah. Championship wrestling card. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's got such – like, every time I watch one of his matches, I know it's going to be a good match. His One of my favorite spots also from the year was um, when Will Ospreay and their Best of the Super Junior match that I just got you to watch the highlights for. Yeah. Um, where he did the os cutter, and he and he landed the os cutter, but it was like right into the chicken wing, and I felt like it was so smooth, and I I just being the elite has made me love him even more. He's just so funny on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about them is just everything about being the elite, everything about Marty Squirrel, everything about you know me saying Kenny Omega earlier. I mean, I feel like that has really gotten me super duper, you know marking out of a wrestling again like yeah i don't you know, i just get super giddy about every little fun thing that they do and like when one of them has a title i get super i pop super hard for it and it's just i think that he is going to be fantastic when whenever he goes to wwe if he goes to wwe i feel like he's going to be a great i mean he's he's just going to get better and he's super young too for a wrestler he's 28 so like he's yeah. super young He's got a lot of time ahead of him, and I feel like he's just going to get more and more solid with the villain gimmick, and it's just going to become more and more over. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that's the good thing, because like with a lot of these people, like Finn Balor and AJ and Kenny, like they're all like in their late 30s, you know? So it's like they've got, you know, they've got more time behind them like in the ring than in front of them. Right. But like Right, exactly. And I mean, you know, you got like Marty Skrull. I mean, he could wait a couple years before he comes to WWE. I mean, him and, you know, I know he m- might be on the way eventually, but I mean, one guy that's really speculated comes Adam Cole and he's 27. Yeah. Three-time Ring of Honor champion. Like he's he's a big deal and he's going to be a huge guy when they push him when they push him when he initially gets there cuz it seems like they've done really good at uh, well, I guess except for Shinsuke Nakamura, like pushing them as soon as they get to wwe yeah Except, i guess with when he came into nxt they pushed him pretty hard yeah yeah i was gonna say nakamura they're i think they're just having more of a slow burn on the main roster but on yeah on nxt he was the guy the whole time he was there right, pretty exactly. much and that's probably the way exactly. i see adam cole going because like i know a lot of people think he's gonna be in wwe like this year like ve- yeah, like, like people expected him to show up like as soon as he was done with Ring of Honor. Yeah, so like for someone like him, I don't know. Um, I mean, hell, I'm going to the taping after uh, Takeover Brooklyn. He may be there. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. That would so. be. I mean, because there's a. I think there's a with a Ring of. I think I read somewhere that there's with the Ring of Honor um, contracts at the end of when you get done, you have a three month, no compete clause. Right. Yeah. That's so aside from Indies, you're not really supposed to be going to, you know, WWE or impact or things like that. Well, I guess impacts what GFW now. Yeah. I don't know. I, I never even watched it when it was TNA, like when it had its glory days, like in the 
mid two thousands. And I mean, at this point, GFW might as well stand for like garbage fire <laughs> wrestling. If we're being honest, like seriously, they've got like they've got like four or five people that I'm mildly interested in, uh, and one of them is like suspended for domestic violence. So yeah, like. Like it's it's just it's a huge mess. Like I love Billy Corgan; he's one of my favorite musicians. But I just feel like Impact or whatever it is now is just kind of going through the stinkerville right now. Yeah, and from what everyone says, it's not him; it's all Jeff Jarrett. That's you know that that's yeah, the problem. That's what I've heard is a Jeff huge Jarrett thing too. is just supposed to be like a horrible person to work for. Um, yeah. So, so you know, screw them mostly yeah. for the whole broken hardies thing i know i want broken hardies it was so hard to not put matt hardy on my list but i i just because he's not doing the broken gimmick right now i'm liking you know their matches with cesaro and sheamus and everything but i would kill for them to have the broken hardies gimmick in wwe yeah and even without it like he's he's a really good in-ring worker and it, you know it's yeah i mean he's gotten so like he's always been so fantastic i mean you know it's always like he's overshadowed by jeff right in a sense just because jeff but like flies he's off so of good anything that he can climb right but like right exactly you know i guess in that since he's like so over the top like he was always the one that like wwe pushed more or whatever but like but you know it's cool to see now that they're there they're pretty much getting equal spotlight you know, any Matt probably right. is even getting a little more, you know, uh, because of how how much of a name he really made for himself with the broken gimmick. Right, exactly. And everyone's just waiting for it to happen. Everyone's just waiting for him to become broken. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it <laughs> whenever it happens. Oh yeah, I'm gonna literally come <laughs> unglued whenever they finally decide to have them. Oh man, because then Our, it's like when it happens, you're gonna have like a whole like year of it, you know. You get like right. It means it's all coming then. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So, do you want to uh, hit on your honorable mention before we go? I guess this is number six because, I mean, we can talk a little shorter about them, but, but yeah, you want to hit us with your first honorable mention? Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give my honorable mention. And, like, we were talking about last night, um, I didn't put him in my top five because he's, like, such a good heel that I don't actively root for him in every match. Um, but he's just so good in the ring that I can't help but just, like, be in awe every time I watch him, and that's um, Neville. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I just feel like he's... I mean, he's really carrying the 205 division. Yeah, definitely. It, you know, it's the cool, fun um, fun angle, like who's going to take the title from him? Yeah, that's the thing is I'm like, you know, you you almost have to throw out names like Aleister Black and Roddy Strong because it's like, I don't know. I mean, at this point, he's beaten all the best guys on 205 Live pretty much. Um so plus Austin Aries three times, <laughs> so <laughs> right exactly <laughs> beat him so bad he left yeah. the company. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's like, but it, you know if 
I, I just really anticipated Austin Aries winning it at Mania, and then I also anticipated him. I was like, oh, he didn't get it at Mania, so he's going to get it at Payback, you know, or whatever. So, and just like right. time after time. Right, I mean, you just time, have no clue. Yeah, it's like time after time. I was like, okay, well, if Austin Aries can't beat this guy like three day, three times in a row, rather, um, like I don't know who they're going to have beat him. You know, but I mean, I'm yeah, I'm sure I mean, it'll be good. They've probably had something in mind this whole time, and Neville's just yeah. They probably have a certain guy that they're forward. trying to build up, or they're gonna like sign a guy to like take the title from him. I think. Yeah, and I mean that'd be cool. You know, that'd be cool to see someone huge come in, and uh, you know, build him for a couple months, and then he like right. Neville finally drops the belt or whatever. But I mean, I w- right. I wouldn't I mean, mind seeing him hold it till. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him hold it a full year, like till the Royal Rumble. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I mean, I could see him doing that. I mean, I could see them bringing in like Ricochet from the, you know, from Lucha Underground and New Japan. I feel like they could bring him in and he'd be a good competitor. I mean, they're in talks with Rey Mysterio. It's like rumor has it. So I feel like there's a lot of people that they could bring in to dethrone him, but I feel like it's just going to push him even higher and make him like a bigger threat. And then they're going to start using that to rub it off on other people in the division. Hopefully. I, I don't want to yeah. see 205 fail. I want to see 205 do really well. Yeah. And that's the thing is I'm, I may care more about it if there's someone else uh, who, like, if, there, if there's two or three people who are on, <laughs> you're going to hate me for saying this, but the Neville level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it works he's he's a fantastic worker yeah. I feel like he really gets in ring psychology like he'll push himself with all his ground moves and all his you know like ring of the Saturn and things like that but if he needs to he'll hit the red arrow but it's not like his first thing he's not like a high flying baby face right. but if he has to do it it's a last resort it's what he'll do right and it's just like you know if there were a few people like that to where there was like one person who's at that level as the champion and then there's like two or three other storylines that are that good, then that would be like a really good show because it's like, right. I mean, NXT shows that you can have an only one hour long show and have it still be really good. Right. Exactly. I mean, you could just, you know, it, they, they could just make it like the cruiserweight classic, not to be, you know, yeah. beating a dead horse. <laughs> But that's totally what they could do. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, whether that's, like, bringing in outside people or just doing better with the people they have, I mean, I think it's, like, probably a combination of both, you know? Right, exactly. All right, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about your honorable mention, then? All right, so my honorable mention is none other than the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. I feel like he has been absolutely killing it since he left wwe i actually didn't mind him as stardust i thought he was pretty funny as stardust to be 100 percent honest i thought like the hissing thing that he did was hilarious <laughs> i don't know i just feel like I, I i feel like he's done amazing things with every gimmick whether it's the dashing cody Rhodes, the face mask like he's just i feel like he's mm-hmm. such an underrated wrestler i mean now he's really not because he's the roh champion and he deserves it but I mean, I just, like, aside from the fact that he joined the Bullet Club, again, with the Bullet Club fangirl club, um, <laughs> he joined the Bullet Club on my birthday. 
Uh, so I feel like we have a little special connection there. Also a Georgia boy. Uh, <laughs> yep. But it's a common thread. I here. know. All you have to do to be my favorite wrestler <laughs> is be from Georgia, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just feel like, you know, he's a really good wrestler. I feel like he is great at promos. I loved his match with Okada at uh, the G1 special in Long Beach. Uh, I've loved every match he's done, like, at, you know, I loved his match with um, Christopher Daniels for the ROH title. I feel like he fits perfectly yeah. in the little, in, like, the Bullet Club. He could definitely, honestly, if Kenny Omega goes to um, WWE, he'd be a good replacement leader, I think. I mean, he's just really good. Um yeah, I just I I really yeah. like him, and I mean, besides the fact that F the revival is the funniest thing, and every being the elite I watch <laughs> is so I can see when he says that in some way, shape, or form. Um, I don't know. I just feel like he's a fantastic wrestler, great personality, great gimmick, great promos. I just feel like he t- this has been like his breakout year. From I mean, like aside from his initial WWE stuff, I feel like this has really been his breakout where he just been pushed as this fantastic guy. He's just super good. Right. Yeah, and it's like, first of all, the American Nightmare is the coolest, like, gimmick. Oh, yeah. Like, well, it's not It's not, It's not. not even really, like, a gimmick, but just, like, a nickname or whatever. You know, like, that's just, like, the coolest nickname ever. Oh, yeah, he's, it's, it's so um, sick. And, like, he's just, he's really solid in the ring. And, like, like you said, I could, he's the type of guy who could be like a replacement for Kenny Omega or be like a credible like feud for Kenny Omega if there was like a down the middle like bullet club split. Oh yeah, I mean like or if, he, if he him and when uh Kenny gets a title, him and Kenny for the title would be phenomenal. I'd love that match. And they've kind of like yeah. shown little glimpses of what it could possibly be like, but I would absolutely love it. Yeah. They they they've got something brewing between him and Kenny for sure like in terms of their long-term booking because they've they've had like one too many uh like stare downs you know and like not seeing eye to eye moments oh yeah I mean I feel like he's gonna be fantastic whenever I mean whatever he does in New Japan whatever he does in Ring of Honor I mean I feel like he's just gonna do fantastic i I can't wait to see what feuds he does. Um, I could see him as a good IWGP guy that takes the title away from Kenny eventually down the road. Um, I mean, I just feel like he's just showing that he's he doesn't need WWE, and he's amazing. He's getting better and better. I mean, in the in the world outside of WWE, he is like easily one of the top guys out there that you can count on for putting on a good match no matter what. Yeah, and it's like for guys like him, I'm like good for him for going out there like you like you were in the biggest wrestling company in the world and like you had the balls to go outside that company and like put you know bet on yourself basically right exactly and he's like and it's like now now that he's shown like he's like this is what I can do if I'm like a star like if I'm treated right then now, you know, WWE is probably trying to call him back and be like, hey. You know, right, I mean, he's just increased <laughs> his stock. Work for us again? He's just increased his stock so much. 
Exactly. By going out and like putting on amazing matches and New Japan and Ring of Honor and wherever, because I know he works like a ton of indies. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, he does like, like WCPW stuff. Yeah, I mean he's like all over the place. Right. Exactly. So. And so that's a that's basically a huge reason why I think he should be my honorable mention and I guess sixth member of my top wrestling list. Um, but now I think we should move on to the one guy that we didn't really put on our favorites list. Cause I mean, you know, he's not necessarily one of our favorite wrestlers, but he deserves something more than just an honorable mention. And that is uh big boy, Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's too good right now to not like at least have him in the conversation. Oh yeah. I mean, because even just watch anything he does on TV, I'm, I'm so excited with like, I laugh so hard every time he does the I'm not finished with you thing. Like when he when he <laughs> ran through that ambulance door, I nearly wet myself laughing <laughs> at it. Like Yeah. <laughs> I mean it was like all the stuff he does is so funny because it's just so ridiculous, you know. It's I like, mean like even last week like on a- Raw when he was like, I just wanna I don't care if it's a fatal four way, I just want a pile of bodies. I was like I was yeah. like dying at that. Even when Roman was like, man, shut up. It was just like so funny. Yeah. And you know, when he murders Roman Reigns, like he throws him around like he's a rag doll. And it is hilarious. Like when he threw him against the ambulance that one time where it literally looked like he had just yeah, killed man. him. Or, you know, just anything. Like when he. My favorite thing, I think, out of the entire thing was when he came and threw him off the stretcher off the side of the ledge. Yeah. I, oh my, I, it's like so obvious that Roman Reigns oh wasn't on that stretcher, but I, oh my, the imagery of that stretcher just flying is, oh my God, it was so hilarious. Yeah. They've just had so many, like their feud has produced like so many amazing spots like that. Just like the stretcher, Braun flipping over the ambulance. Oh yeah. Um, Roman trying to kill him. Oh my, like it's <laughs> I, mean. I think it's just the funniest. Like I don't know if it's necessarily supposed to be funny, but I think it's literally the funniest. Like I'm waiting for WWE to release a shirt that says I'm not finished with you and I will immediately purchase it because it is so funny. I think it is just everything is just great about it. I feel like this is one of my favorite feuds of the year and I'm not even like not even like I know Roman Reigns puts on puts on good matches, but he's definitely not my favorite wrestler in the world. But I just think they have put on such a good feud of just how funny it like it's funny, it's entertaining, which is what wrestling honestly should be. It just should be super duper entertaining. And like I don't care if you're flipping over ambulances or throwing grown two hundred and seventy five pound men off of a stretcher, but like yeah. <laughs> I think it's fantastic no matter what they're doing. Yeah, I mean it's all of their matches have been amazing, like their promos are just so over the top and ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But like but they're awesome because it's like you know, they just come out there and beat the living crap out of each other. Oh, I mean it just blows like, my it just it honestly just blows my mind how like a couple like what last year there was rumored that Braun Strowman was gonna be uh, facing the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and everyone's like, "Oh no, boo! It's gonna be such a stinker. No one cares." And then all of a sudden, he gets ripped from the Wyatt family, and he becomes this amazing. Like, I would pay so much money to have seen Braun Strowman over Roman Reigns facing the Undertaker in his retirement match. 
that would have done it for me. I think it would have been hilarious. Like, not necessarily hilarious, but I think it would have been interesting. Braun Strowman would have thrown Undertaker. He probably would have literally killed The Undertaker because, <laughs> like... I was going to say, I don't know if The Undertaker could take bumps. If like, he, I don't think he like could take that. Like, the kind that, that Roman like, takes. Running power slam. Oh, I don't even <laughs> think he could take it because it just looks like it kills every time. Yeah. I mean, there's just, like... Every Braun Strowman match, like, you know, someone is going through a table or into the side of an ambulance. I mean, that's the thing, though. You watch it and you just know something entertaining is going to happen. So it draws you into him like this fatal four way is going to be one of the best matches at SummerSlam because Joe has been phenomenal. Lesnar always is good to watch. Roman, when you put him with any guys, honestly, he can do a pretty good match like he's as much as I a Roman hater, he's he puts on pretty good matches, and I will give that to him. But and then Strowman, like all of them together, it's going to lead to such a fantastic match. Yeah, I agree. It's like you know, there's there's obviously going to be a lot of good matches because it's SummerSlam, um, but like that is just going to be like their huge, you know, blockbuster tight match because it's really like any of those four guys um other than roman winning would get a enormous pop right um but like you know and then roman is gonna i mean it's gonna be a huge reaction just like it always is with him that's the thing is you know it's it's the same with him as it is with cena it's like as long as people are reacting in some way i feel like he's doing his job will it's just the booking of him that's so weird right like they won't uh, at they times. won't book him as face or he like they're trying to push face but he murdered somebody or tried to murder somebody like <laughs> yeah. it's it literally like like you're telling me that he's like not a true heel when he tried to freaking kill braun <laughs> as like you know, obviously part of the story. Right, line. and I mean, they're like, pushing, like... It, <laughs> he didn't commit murder. It literally looks like a double turn to me. Like, you know, Braun Strowman looks like this big, strong guy that doesn't want any help, and he can just get on by himself. And then Roman tried to murder him. Like, I don't think there's anything more healed than Roman trying to, like, murder somebody. Right, yeah, that was the first thing I thought of, is, like, the, um... Like, when they do, like, the classic double turns of stuff like whoever was the face coming into a match is someone who's goes like crazy aggressive and you know, who, who the heel coming into a match just is like getting the crap beat out of them and like, won't give up. Right. Or whatever. Exactly. You know, like I think about like, like the Bret Hart and stone cold, like from back in the day, like where stone cold just wouldn't quit. So he just like passed out. Right. Like I mean, that's like the perfect all over key the double turn. And yeah. And it's just like stuff like that. You know, that's that's what this was, basically. Exactly. But but they just didn't roll with it. And I mean, I, I thought the night at the raw after mania, like when Roman came out and just listened to the crowd chant like every anti-roman chain right exactly just booing like, him to like out of the building yeah and he was like this is my yard now i was like roman just turned right heel. exactly and that's what i thought <laughs> they were doing with him too <laughs> and 
it's like then and then with the Braun, uh, the Braun Strowman ambulance match, it was the same thing. I was like, wow, Roman just actually turned heel. And then the next day on Raw, it's like, nope, it's just same old shit. Right. Yeah. I just like don't understand what you they're know. doing with him. But, you know, I think as long as they keep him with Braun Strowman, they're going to keep having good feuds and good matches. And I don't really like as much as I'm not, yeah. you know, looking forward to the, the future with Roman Reigns, like I feel like he's going to keep up good matches. Like, honestly, I could picture us having a Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman match at Mania this year if if, if the Cena thing doesn't work out or if um, and if he wins the title at SummerSlam. Like, I feel like that would work pretty well. I would enjoy that match. I'd watch it. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume it'll probably be... Um, I assume that uh, Roman is going to win the title at SummerSlam. Yeah, I agree. And and then Cena will win it from Roman at Mania. But see, then that means they would have um, to turn Roman heel, and that would be super exciting. Yeah, that that's the thing is I don't, you know, I don't I don't even know if they would for that because they have like, I don't know, because I feel like Cena has had matches before with other baby faces. You know, yeah, I guess where like they the Rock just sell it as a good match. Yeah, like the Rock yeah. or like he had a. Was Daniel Bryan a quote unquote heel I don't think when so. he was feeding with John Cena? Okay, I yeah, mean, I even say, if I he was supposed to be pushed were... as a heel, like you can't ever push Daniel Bryan yeah. as a heel. Exactly. Like even when he's not wrestling, he's more over than anybody on the roster. Right. Exactly. Um. But, but yeah, it's like I would love to see that. Uh, I would love to see Braun get like a huge push, and I mean, he has to get. He has to get like a universal title. I mean, I think he, I, I'm almost positive he will. I'm pretty sure future. he definitely will. Because I mean, he's just like he's awesome. I mean, he he does the same thing that Brock does, but he's just he's there every week, right? And he's so. just you know he he's like such he's like the big guy. I feel like he's gonna t- not, like for like their of better terms. Sorry, Ryback. Um, <laughs> I feel like he's the big guy that's going to replace. Like, I feel like they're trying to use Big Cass to replace Big Show, but I feel like definitely Braun Strowman can be the guy to replace Big Show when Big Show retires in the next year or so as the giant. Yeah. And I just, I want, you know, whoever is that, like, like Braun to me is way more interesting than I ever was interested in the Big Show. Right. So... So I like that about him, whereas Big Cass, I'm not interested at in at all as a singles person right now, like as a singles star. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, just like his whole thing with Enzo is like not really taking him anywhere, in my opinion. Right, I totally agree. Um, he's he's just not nearly as good of a like. I mean, I won't say he's like not a good worker. But it's like he's not. I mean, he's facing Enzo. It's not as, like he's doing any crazy big. Like, I mean, yeah, he's looking like a huge right. heel because Enzo's pretty over. But like, he's not looking like this big monster. Because I mean, if he beats Big Show, I guess so. But like, they're not really portraying him as well as I think they should be. Is like they should be just having him rip through the roster if they want to make him look like this big scary monster that's undefeatable. Which right. is hard to do when they Whereas, already have like, that. Braun is that. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean they already have that with Braun Strowman, so I feel like they don't really need to push Cass as that or they need to move him to SmackDown or something like that. But I guess we'll see since they're saying that there's gonna be another uh superstar shakedown or shake up or whatever. Um 
coming pretty soon. So we'll just have to keep our ears oh, open. Are they? Yeah. I think they're doing it after SummerSlam, so I guess we'll just have to keep our ears open and see how it goes from there. All right. All right, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So to keep up with our theme of Braun Strowman, we would just like to say that us at the Cruising for a Bruising podcast, that we are not finished with you. And uh, <laughs> we would like for anyone who listens to this to possibly join and join us in listening to and listening to us talk about all kinds of wrestling stuff. I mean, we plan on doing, you know, pay-per-view predictions, reactions, just general discussion of us just, you know, going back and forth for about an hour and a half like we've just been doing, um, talking about wrestlers we really enjoy and just, you know, basically just going on and talking about how much we love wrestling. And, yeah, uh, I feel like this has been a pretty good first episode, so... Hopefully, anyone who listens to this enjoys it. And, yeah, so, Jeffrey, you got any other uh, final words to to say? Uh, I think you pretty much covered most of it. Um, we're just going to, you know, every week or every other week, however often we have time to do this, we're just going to talk about pretty much anything related to wrestling that's happened during that last week or whatever or stuff that's coming up. Um, so, you know, thanks if anyone is listening to this. All right. So, Jeffrey, where can people find you on social media, and would you like to plug anything? So I am on Twitter at um, Jaff Please, which is J-A-F-P-L-S. Um, that's really my only social media that I actually use um but no i don't really have anything to plug right now i mean i'm working on i'm gonna be working on some music soon um so that'll be something cool that i'm excited about uh that's probably gonna take up all my free time very shortly here um but none of that's actually done right now so i don't i don't know that i have anything to plug right now how about you all right well uh so you can find me on the Twitter at Sup Nick Parsons. Uh, you could follow follow me on Instagram at the Nick Parsons. And the only thing I really have to plug is my solo music project, which is called Mad Cool. It's like a beachy indie jangly kind of pop project. Um, it you can find it, me on spotify at mad cool or you can find me on bandcamp at madcool.bandcamp.com and yeah been working on another release that hopefully will be coming out here in the next few months or next few weeks or so Solid. all right so thanks to everyone for listening and especially if you made it this far on the podcast and uh until next time peace out homies see ya